The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out. I'm glad to be here today. You know, I created this beauty show strategically so I could have a guest like I have today on. So, you know, it was all about beauty from the inside out. It's all about beautiful people and beautiful people helping other people to look and feel beautiful. So my guest today is just the epitome of all of that, and it's Beauty starring Ted Gibson. Hi, Ted. Hi, Bonnie. How are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing today? You know, I'm pretty good, actually. It's sunny in New York City, and of course, I didn't get a chance to be in any of the sun because... You know, I was working in the studio all day today. Well, we want to hear all about that studio time, too. <laughs> so this is our experience today, and I know that we have uh, we have a lot of people excited about this show today because really what it is is it's up close and personal with you, Ted Gibson. And for those of you that don't know Ted very well, well, let me just give you a little briefing on this. So he's really one of the most sought-after editorial runway and celebrity hairstylists in the business. And I know that your work has appeared in several uh, beauty magazines, Vogue, Harper Bazaar, Elle, Marie Claire, just to name a few. You've been in People, Style Watch, and the list goes on. Um, one of the things that I know that you do really well is you really are a, a big component to New York Fashion Week, and you've worked with uh, companies like Chanel, Prada, and Dolce and & Cabana. And that's just the beginning of what we're going to do here. So I know that there's more that we're going to talk about. But really what I ask my guests to do in the very front end of the show because, you know, is to tell their story. And the story is always well before it's how we're known today. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> well, share with, us, share with us a little bit about that insight because I know it starts in Texas. Well, you know what? It's so funny because it, it, it starts actually in North Carolina because oh. my mother is from North Carolina originally. And my mom and my dad met because my dad was stationed um, at Fort Bragg in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And that's how my mom and dad met. And um, my dad was originally from Georgia. And he went into the Army, um, you know, at an early age, you know, in the, you know, 40s and 50s so that you know, he didn't have to pick cotton anymore. And I think that um, that experience for him um, really kind of um, made me who I am today. You know, that experience of being um, an army brat, as they call them, and traveling around the globe really um, made me feel like that I could understand the beauty in different cultures and what that really meant. And that um, time of my parents being together and we traveled from Texas to Germany to Japan, Hawaii, and always 
seemed to always go back to Texas because my mom and dad really loved it there. And that period of time of, you know, all those years of traveling so much, it not only helped me, you know, understand different cultures, but also it helped me to really understand the beauty of um, different cultures. Nice. And able to adapt to different situations, you know, really in an instant. And I think that that's what's really helped me have to be so successful in this business because, you know, from one minute I could be shooting editorial, from the next minute I could be cutting hair in my salon, uh, the next minute developing product in a lab and being on television. I mean, there's so many different things that I do um, just with the beauty school license. So yeah, um, I feel really special and very, very, very blessed and lucky. Yes. Now, I can't imagine that, you know, as a young boy that, you know, growing up and being a hairstylist was kind of that thing. What was it that you thought you were going to grow up and be, especially being being an Army brat kid? Yeah, well, you know what? I thought that I was going to play football for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, okay. So you, you, know, you did some football? <laughs> that's what we do in Texas. We play football. You do. And, you know, that's what, that's what we do in Texas. So, you know, I'm six foot three and about 240 pounds. And, you know, then I was, you know, 280 pounds and, you know, playing high school football. And I thought that that's what the direction was going to be for my, myself. And I discovered that I didn't want to play football anymore. And, that, um, yeah, I didn't want to play football anymore. So when was that aha moment to beauty? I think that I always had uh, kind of an affinity to it. But, you know, being an only child and uh, being the only son from a military father, he wasn't really allowing me to play with hair. And, you know, I remember when I, the first time that I started playing baseball, I didn't want to play baseball. and And ended up, when I started playing baseball, I was really, really good at it. And I think I always had the affinity for it. But when I really discovered that I wanted to be a hairdresser, I was about 22 years old. And a good friend of mine who's a hairdresser still to this day, it was one New Year's Eve, I was at his house. And I said, you know, Ron, I said, you know, I kind of always thought about being a hairdresser. And he said, oh, my God, you should do it. You'd be great at it. I said, really? He said, yeah, you should, you should do it. You'd be great at it. The next thing I was, you know, I knew I was in school and loved it. And, um, you know, I kind of started kind of late, 22, 23 years old. I think that's kind of late to be um, in the beauty business and start in the beauty business. And I can remember that first, that first moment of um, cutting someone's hair and that first moment of perming someone's hair, that first moment of blowing dry someone's hair, how I tingled all the way from the tip of my toes all the way up to the top of my head. And I still have that feeling today, you know, 20, 25 um, years later. Oh, so that's nice. I definitely say that um, it's definitely a career for me. It's not just um, a job. Yeah, absolutely. Now, some people may know you, especially our, our listeners, because they're mainly consumers and from all over the world. And I know that the TLC show, What Not to Wear, um, yeah. was really where you everybody started to really recognize Ted Gibson and everything. So tell us about that experience. Well, you know, it's so funny because... I think that, that I was on What Not to Wear for four years, and that, that four years, I would say, out of all the time that I've been a hairdresser prior, you know, before that and prior to that, I think that what that show did for me is it really helped me to realize um, the power of what um, a hairdresser is. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when Stacey and Clinton were with them before the show and when they got to me is when they really felt like 
they didn't know who they were. Mm. And there were a lot of times that they cried with me. There were a lot of times that they were very emotional and mad and angry and all those things. And I think that because hashtag hair changes everything. And I really, I really think that it does. I think that, you know, God put me on this planet to be able to um, see something in a woman uh, that she didn't see for herself. So I think that that part of what my career has been, you know, working with celebrities, you know, like Angelina Jolie and Annie Hathaway and Gabriel Union and Lupita Nyong'o and Ashley Green and um, Tina Fey. I mean, the list goes on and on and on because um, I, I have a, <clears throat> excuse me, a kind of a knack for um, seeing something in a woman that maybe she didn't see for herself and helping that. Um, helping to bring that out in her. So on the show, What Not to Wear, every single week, I have that, that experience of being able to help them along to be better than they thought they ever could be and see something that they didn't see in themselves. Yeah, because nobody intentionally wants to look bad on the outside, but if we're not feeling good about ourselves on the inside, we don't, just changing it on the outside feels like a disconnect. Sure. Yeah, so you really Absolutely. worked with these these people on this show from the inside because it was an emotional experience for them, I'm sure. Sure. You know, I always, in my consultations in the salon, or, you know, um, I think before I started working on What Not to Wear, I remember the first episode that I did. Um, her name is Ariel, and Ariel was a kissing wench. And for those of you listening, if you remember that episode, it was the first episode that I was on. And I almost did not go back because Ariel cried from the moment that I started with her all the way to the end <laughs> of the experience with her. And I said, I can't do this every single week. <laughs> I can't do this every single week. And Ariel was a kissing wench, and she thought of herself as this really blonde bombshell. And I wanted to make her turn her into a strawberry blonde or uh, more of a redhead. And she fought me and fought me and fought me and fought me and fought me, and then she finally you know, I, fi I finally convinced her that that would be the best thing for her. And, you know, five, six years later, she's still a redhead. Oh, and, nice. You know, I, I think that, that that experience of being a one not to wear really, you know, as you said, Bonnie, it, it, it um, kind of made me a, a household name, yes. And I think that it really helped me as a hairdresser and as, you know, a guru being able to see something a little bit different um, for my experience of why I'm on this planet. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good. And, you know, it, and it's so true because I talk with a lot of people that are in the beauty industry and beauty professionals and licensed folks like us. And there really is. They have a tremendous amount of stories like that that they say, you know what, I, I can just keep getting up every day and doing it again because I'm not just, you know, cutting their hair. I'm right. transforming their lives, so that's yeah. nice. Well, thank, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that story with Ariel. Yeah, You're so welcome. she's yeah. she's still a redhead today. Yeah, she fought yeah, it, fought it, fought it. And you know, again, it's one of those things that we have this perception of ourselves <clears throat> that we have to look a particular way, and we're not that open to change. I mean, the, sure. the truth is, we don't like it. But I think in that situation, that was a really positive change for her. I'm sure. Yeah, it was, and you know, I experienced it every week. You know, there are women who, of course you know, went back to, you know, who they were, essentially, because I do think, you know, as I said, hashtag hair changes everything, and I think that it does. I think that, you know, anytime that I am, like I just did the Met Ball with uh, Saoirse Ronan, and, you know, when, it, when I think about how as soon as she steps out of the hotel, um, you know, there are 200 paparazzi outside of the hotel, 
And in that instant, those pictures go to all over the world. So millions and millions and millions and millions of people are going to be judging her at that moment. So I have to make sure that she feels the best that she could feel when she leaves the hotel. And I think that hair, I mean, the total image, absolutely. The clothes, the makeup, uh, the shoes, the nails, the ma- you know, everything goes together. But I do think that my, my gift is being able to not only do great hair, but also be able to give them um, that light and that love and that, um, um, that love in order to feel like that they feel like a million bucks and that, that, that confidence of being able to be photographed and all the, in, you know, in front of millions of people in a second, you know, is, is really, really, really important. Yeah, it really is. So, okay, so you started at 22, and then, you know, what not to wear was, what, in the last three or four years? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, good. So so tell me some of the things that you accomplished as a hairdresser then in between there, and also share with me some of the struggles you went through to, to get to where you're at today. Well, you know, I think that it's, it's remarkable when I think about the things that I've done just with the beauty school license. And I say just with the beauty school license because I think that, you know, sometimes hairdressers have a bad rap, and, you know, people don't really think that we are, you know, I charge $1,500 for a haircut. And when I say that, people are like, what? What are you doing? I mean, how in the world do you charge, and hairdressers too, how in the world do you charge $1,500 for a haircut? I said, I do. And because I'm worth it and my market can bear that I charge $1,500 for a haircut. And when I charge $1,500 for a haircut in my salon, you know, I do my own shampoos. It's really about the experience. No, it's not um, the best haircut. It's not any different. It can't be any different than a $25 haircut or a $50 haircut or a $500 haircut. But the experience that I give a guest when they're in my salon is what it's really about for me. And that experience is vital for everyone that I talk about. You know, I say, you know, I compare it to if you go to H&M or if you go to Get the Gap and you have one kind of shopping experience. And if you go to Louis Vuitton and you go to Prada, you have another kind of shopping experience. Now, both of those have a great product, absolutely, but the experience that you have when you go to each of these places is completely different, and it depends on what you want in your experience when you have a level of service that you're looking for. So for me, that level of service has to be five-star, and I want to be able to take you on a journey. I want to be able to take you a place where you never thought you could be and help you with that because I think that hair... And the energy and the exchange between the person sitting in the chair, the guest, and the hairdresser is um, that energy is, is so important. And that confidence that we give to a woman or a man that's sitting in the chair reflects every part of their life, from their husband to their wife to their girlfriend to their kids to their job. And as a hairdresser, you know, I'm licensed to touch. And, you know, there's only just a few people who are licensed to touch, hairdressers and doctors. And, you know, when you go to the doctor, the doctor doesn't even touch you. <laughs> you know, the hairdresser, right. the hairdresser <laughs> touches you, you know. And, and we have the opportunity to change the physiology of the body. And I learned that from my men- one of my mentors, Horst Reckeldocker, who used to own Aveda. And, you know, he's been, it's been two years since he passed. And um, I um, learned so much from um, working with Horst. And I worked with Horst for about seven years 
um, you know, a lot in that seven years. And, you know, he taught me how to be a business person. He taught me how to dress hair. He taught me how to develop product. He taught me the importance of, you know, who I am as a person. And that experience of being with him was, was profound. And, you know, I think that he helped me with a lot of those things. Yeah. And, you know, when I, when I think about, you know, that, that beauty school license, that what I've been able to do with that beauty school license is really profound, you know, from a beauty school teacher to um, an editorial hairdresser to a celebrity hairdresser to uh, working with a major manufacturer um, to being on television um, to being on Good Morning America and Today's Show and Rachel Ray and the Oprah Show. I was on the Oprah Show four times, five times doing makeovers with her. And, you know, it, it, it's just it's profound to me. Yeah, that's really, really great, remarkable. and and I'm sure that I'm sure that when people hear that it's a fifteen hundred dollar haircut, it must evoke some emotion. But you're right; it is about the experience, and it's and it's not that different. Because here's here's what I know to be true too: is that that's not the only thing that you do. You've just mentioned a dozen other things that you do, um, and those dozen other things that you do is also where you want to divide your time too. So that experience Absolutely. that experience that you're going to create for somebody at that price means you're committed to it all the way through. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That makes Absolutely. that that Absolutely. makes a lot of sense. All right, so we're getting ready to take a break here. And okay. so I have a, I have, I want to just throw it out to our listeners. You know, what's the most you've ever paid for a haircut? And what what was it that, you know, made it a great experience? And if you want to f- uh, share with us, go ahead and tweet me at Bonnie Bonadeo 1 or you can join me on Facebook. Beauty Inside and Out show. We'll be right back with Ted Gibson. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions, to profits, to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought-provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. 
Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome back, everybody. I have my guest here, Ted Gibson, celebrity hairstylist. You might have known him from What Not to Wear, but he also has a salon in New York City, the Ted Gibson Salon. And so you've got, you know, a a, a slew of stylists in there, and they're all producing a great experience for your clients. And you're mainly, along with your other artistic team, is training them to have this great experience, right? Absolutely. And it's so great. Bonnie, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, we have hair cutters in the salon that charge from $125 to $200. Uh, we have um, the Ted Gibson artistic team that we just had an audition on Monday. We auditioned 17 people. We had 25 people on the wait list. We're announcing the people who made the team next week. We have about 50 people on the team all over the country um, at the moment. And we're super excited about our education and what we're doing at Ted Gibson. Nice. Now, how how many stylists do you have at your New York location? The New York location is um, 184 Fifth Avenue. It's between um, 22nd and 23rd Street on 5th. It's right across the street from the Flatiron Building. And we moved in there 12 years ago, and there wasn't even a Starbucks 12 years ago. (laughs) That's hard to believe. Yeah, right? (laughs) But the neighborhood was really, really, really bad. And um, we moved into this building, and it's so funny because the, my commercial real estate agent was like, you have to check out this place on Fifth Avenue between 22nd and 23rd Street. I'm like, I don't want to be that far up. You know, it doesn't look good and blah, blah, blah. And she took me to the space, and we fell in love with it. And um, right now, currently, there are 10 hair, hair, 10 hair cutters, including myself and my husband, Jason. There are six colorists, including him, and we have about six assistants in the salon, four front desk per people, two salon managers, and a publicist. And we just um, have grown leaps and bounds. And, you know, the great thing about um, being in New York City is that, you know, they say it's true. If you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Well, that's that's right. Really you want that. you want to sing yep. that? You want to sing that for us, Ted? <laughs> <laughs> no, <totally. laughs> All right, good. So, so this artistic team that you have built with over fifty people, these are people that are then scattered throughout the United States. So people can have this quality, this training that you're the foundation of elsewhere outside of New York. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. That's, that's our, yeah. our training is so, so, so good. We have the Ted Gibson Advanced Academy that we have in New York, and we have about, I would say, 11 classes that that hairdressers can pick from. It's really uh, quite a unique experience because we have one-day classes and two-day classes, and it goes from haircutting to men's cutting to updos to, um, you know, we like you said earlier, we do Fashion Week every season, and we bring what we do in fashion during Fashion Week and bring those to our class. So it's kind of an up, you know, up close and personal kind of situation that, you know, you don't always get throughout education events. 
Yeah, and I don't think a lot of consumers and clients realize that really to be in this industry, you have to keep learning. It is yeah. a never-ending cycle of always being educated. And there's a big investment for um, you know professionally licensed people like us to continue to keep getting educated. So yeah. then, you know, going back to that $1,500 haircut, we can justify it here and, and understand it. But you know what? You said something that I think was most important before we took a break, which was that that your clientele and your demographics of where you're at and, and who you're working on warrants that. Yeah. So that's the part I think that people, if they, you know, if it does create, you know, an emotion in people where it's like, what? Or are you kidding type yeah. of thing? Then you have to be able to really look at that's, you're in an area, you have a celebrity clientele, and you can warrant that kind of pricing to be able to provide that kind of service. Absolutely. Yeah. But here's the thing is, you know, from our industry standpoint, because uh, there's an enormous amount of people in the industry that, and we, listen, we go from what, $8 haircuts to $1,500 haircuts just yeah. in, within the same city? Yeah. So there's a big variance in that. And the truth is, is you've raised the bar and you've, you know, you've really allowed a hairdresser to um, be recognized as a viable career choice. Thank you. And I think yeah. that it is, you know, like I said earlier about, you know, um, with the beauty school license, the things that I've been able to do, and I feel so fortunate to have that experience because, you know, I had no idea. I really didn't. I remember when I was in, because I, I went to barber school first, and I remember when going to barber school, and I said in barber school, I'm going to work on stars someday, and I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea that I was going to live in New York City. I had no idea that I was going to live in Los Angeles. You know, I had no idea. I didn't know what that meant. All I knew that I wanted to be famous, Bonnie, that I wanted fame, and I wanted to be recognized, and um, I knew that from a very, very, very you know, the first time that I started doing hair, that I wanted to be recognized for that. Oh, that's great. Well, I know mm -hmm. when, when we were talking on break, you were saying that you're, you're actually, you didn't have a chance to get back to your salon, so you're still at the th studio because you yeah. were doing an editorial shoot. So yeah. that's a big part of what you spend your time doing. So when you're behind the chair, you're behind the chair, really providing that experience for the client. But in the meantime, you're also doing editorial shoots, photo shoots for these magazines. So tell us about what you were doing today. Well, it's so much fun. You know, I have um, lots of and, and several clients. For for me, my platform has always been about textures of hair, that it's really not about the color of the skin. So, you know, one minute I could be working with Lupita, and the next minute I can be working with Saoirse Ronan, and the next minute Brie Larson, and the next minute Gabriel Union. Or, um, you know, so, so my experience of... Um, working with hair is really about textures, not the color of the skin. So specifically today, I was working with Tina Fey shooting a cover, and I worked with Tina for a really long time. I just worked with her for another editorial about two weeks ago, and I just shot four covers for Elle and another cover for Self. And, you know, I'm just um, very fortunate that I can, you know, travel and um, do some really remarkable things and have fun and um, it's just a really phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal thing. And Aesthetica Magazine actually um, put up a quote of, of mine yesterday with a picture on my Instagram. And my Instagram is um, at Ted Gibson. And um, on Facebook, it's at Ted Gibson as well. And um, the picture and my quote that they put up yesterday, the quote says, I have chosen a career that not only makes my heart sing, but also provides me with amazing opportunities to affect change in people's lives and also my own. And it's the truth. 
Oh, I like that. I like that. So we'll, true. We'll retweet that out as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Because we got to get the word out. Because you know, here's the here's the thing is you know I know that Vidal Sassoon back in the day he was one of the first hairdressers that was really recognized and stood you know really made a stand that he wasn't just going to be doing the hair for free and he wasn't just going to do it in lieu of getting editorial exposure. And even to this day, Ted, I still think that's a struggle that we're up against. I mean, a a designer of clothing, a makeup, uh, you know, product or team or artist, um, and, you know, of course, the photographer. I mean, they're all getting buku recognition. And I think it's only just beginning for the colorist and the hairstylist and the hair cutter to get the kind of recognition that they deserve. Yes, I agree. You know, um, about three years ago, I put this initiative that together on uh, social on social media about how the Academy didn't recognize hairdressers. They, the, the category was always just makeup. And it always kind of like doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like even when I'm on what not to wear, if you go to my IMDb, it says makeup department. I'm like, I'm not in the makeup department. I'm the hairdresser, so I don't really understand what that means that it's makeup. Because anytime that you work in at a certain kind of level, whether it's an editorial or covers or work in any kind of level in cinema, there is a makeup head and then there's a hairdresser head. And they're never the same person, generally. No, no. So, yeah, so I put this whole initiative together about we need an Oscar for hair. And I put it on social, and I would tweet every day, and I would put it on Facebook, and I put this Facebook page together. And um, they finally put um, makeup and hairstyling on the ballot. So they did change it. So I was very, very, very proud of the fact that I started this initiative and hairdressers all around the world helped me by retweeting it, by talking about it, by putting in their blogs about how important it is we are as hairdressers and what it really means to be a hairdresser and that we should be recognized um, through the academy. And I still feel like that it should be a separate ballot, but I really think that it's it's a great start that they you know, put hair on the ballot. So I was really proud of that moment. Yeah, because listen, it's way more than makeup. You look at some of the movies, the shows, you know, like the, the you know, the sh- and the shows are not just like sitcom-y. I mean, you've got shows where there's an enormous amount of, you know, a period hair, um, yes. avant-garde hair, you yes. know, really interesting styles in order to recreate a look of like the future. This is not yes. just makeup. Absolutely so I, I think you need to get that initiative going again, and let's have it. Know, let's I have do. it be on its own ballot here. Yeah, it should be. On, it should have its own ballot. Hair should have its own ballot. So it should. You know, it's, it's things like that that I think that are, um, you know, us hairdressers when we pull together and create something very special. I think that that was one of the things that was really pivotal for me. And you know, I've had many um, pivotal moments in my career. Um, one of that was one of the highlights, and another one is a really great one. Can I share this with you, Bonnie? Oh, absolutely! Please share. And listeners, I have to share this with you. You know, I um, this was several years ago. It was actually right. It was before I opened the salon. Around the run, same time I opened the salon, and <clears throat> excuse me, I was doing a lot of editorial for you know Harper's Bazaar and Vogue and um, Marie Claire and Elle and international as well as U.S., and the um, fashion director at the time, her name is Lucy Sykes, and she was the fashion director of Marie Claire, and, um, you know, 
at during this time, this was before models were on the covers of magazines. I mean, what, before celebrities were on right. the covers of magazines. <laughs> yeah, the models, models aren't right? on the cover anymore. <laughs> at all, at all. So it was before, you know, celebrities were on the covers of magazines, and it was just nothing but, but models. And um, Lucy Sykes came to me, and she said, you know, Ted, I have this opportunity to shoot a cover, and I'd love for you to do it. And I said, I don't know. She said, well, I know that you don't want to do celebrities, because the thing about at this period of time, if you were a New York hairdresser, you were considered a fashion hairdresser. And if you were an L.A. hairdresser, you were considered a celebrity hairdresser. Mm. And the two were different in the respect that the fashion hairdresser, we felt like that we were creating the trends. And then the celebrity hairdresser, you know, they were following the trend because we were creating them on models, on runways in Europe, um, in New York. So we had a different kind of edge to it because if you were a New York hairdresser, you f- we felt like we were really good. And if you were a celebrity hairdresser, you weren't so good. <laughs> so I did not want to be a celebrity hairdresser. I wanted to be a fashion hairdresser and do shows and do editorial and do campaigns for, you know, Neiman Marcus and Saks and, you know, all these high-end, high, high, high-end um, retail uh, retailers. So... Um, as I was saying, Lucy Sykes came to me. She said, I know you don't want to do celebrities, but I think this might be a great thing for you to do. And I said, what, Lucy? She said, well, Marie, Marie Claire is shooting a cover in the morning and Cosmo is shooting a cover in the afternoon. And Patrick DeMarchelier is shooting it. And those of you who don't know who Patrick is, Patrick, uh, when you watch the movie Devil Wears Prada, when um, the character um, that Meryl Streep plays, she says, get Patrick on the phone. That's who she's talking about, Patrick DeMarchelier. And she said, um, Lucy said, Patrick is shooting it, and it's Angelina Jolie. And I said, really? She said, yeah, I really think you should do it. I said, okay. So... Um, flew to London, met Angie, and shot those two covers. And then I worked with her for six years after that. And it was the time and the period of when everyone wanted to know who was doing Angie's hair. Mm. Because it, it went from the you know weird girl with blood around her neck to really the Angelina we know today. And I, I feel like that I was at a really amazing part of her life because it was from when she first adopted Maddox, uh, Tomb Raider 2, Laura Croft, all the way to after Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So that period of what, you know, the Angelina we know, that period is when we really think about her. And um, that changed the, the course of my life, not only professionally, but also personally. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was a pretty critical time for her to be seen as more of yeah. a, more of a, a, well, first of all, a woman and a humanitarian than yeah. kind of the, you know, the other persona that was yeah, perceived totally. out there. Yeah, totally. The weird so girl with turn- her neck. Yeah. You, Bob, you, you, know, you turned her thing. into the beautiful woman. Yeah. <laughs> Ted, yeah. it was all about you. Well, you know what? A hairdresser usually is. Yeah. We change yeah. people's lives in an instant. We yeah. Can, we can make them feel confident. Um, in an in an instant, or can ruin their day. I never hear anyone say they have a bad skin day. Mm, yeah, I say they have. I'm having a bad hair day, and and hair is such a reflection. You know, if you ask a woman of a certain age, and you ask her 
and she looks at some pictures of herself, she usually is defined by her hair more than anything else. She'll say, oh my God, I remember that moment because my hair was this, or I remember that moment because of this, or my mom cut my bangs too short <laughs> when I was eight years old, and I haven't had bangs since. Oh, that's my <laughs> story. Know? That's my story. I wanted a pixie cut when I was five years old, and I wanted, and you know, and it they, it was like they would take me to the beauty salon and they would do pin curls on my hair, and I'm like, no, I want a pixie cut because I was very much a tomboy, and I asked my mom if she'd take me to where boys have their hair cut, which was the barber shop, right? Yeah. And she's like, no, no, I'm not going to take you to the barber shop. <laughs> so she decides to cut my own hair now. I have this picture of me when I was five years old, and I share it sometimes at my events and trainings. And I'm like, and this is why I'm a hairdresser today. <laughs> because I don't want anybody to ever experience this again. And, and, you know, it could actually be a very cool haircut now if it was, you know, it's kind of really chunky and parts of the bang were yeah. cut out and parts are sticking up. Um, but, yeah, oh, yeah, we have stories like that. Wow, that's Absolutely, true. yeah. Well, so true. You know, one of the things that I notice about the hair that you do, I mean, and not just from the celebrity standpoint, because you're on the, your work is on the cover of many magazines out there. But one of the things that I notice seems to be your mantra is that it's beautiful, sexy hair. Yeah. So give, give us that insight of, you know, how do you define beauty? And how do you then reflect that with the work that you do? Well, I think it's, it, you know, as you were talking that it's on, from the inside out, too, as well as the outside in, and that um, I, I recognize how a woman feels when, she, when her hair is on point. And when I say that, it can be, um, you know, bangs. It could be how the layers fall. It could be the texture. It could be the color. There's so many different variants on how um, how making the hair from a haircut to a style. And you know, I, I'll, Jason and I, my husband and I, because he's a colorist and he's the L'Oreal ambassador um, for color for them. And he, you know, he has this you know big job and he travels for them and um, he goes to Paris a lot. And you know, he does all these really great things. And we always have this argument because he always says that if everyone walked down the red carpet without any color in their hair, they would not look sexy. And I say the argument is is that if everyone did if walked down the carpet and their hair didn't have um, the sex appeal because the sex appeal comes from the style and mm-hmm. the haircut. Yes. In my opinion. Yes. So for me that that the way that it looks is the the finish is how it becomes sexy is in the finish. Yeah. Well I think you're both right and um, that's what makes you a great couple. <laughs> I'm so, not gonna tell him that. I'm okay, tell okay him all right, all right. <laughs> all right. We'll take that out. We're gonna take Bonnie said it was I was right <laughs> We're going to take a break right now, but when we come back, I want to hear more about, because you've just uh, created a brand new line called Starring, so I want to hear about that, and um, you know, share with us how we can find this and uh, align with this, okay? So we'll be right back with Ted Gibson. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication? 
selling, or public speaking skills. Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Well, welcome back, everybody. Bonnie Bonadeo here with Beauty Inside and Out. I have my guest here, Ted Gibson. And, you know, at this point, I would normally recap everything we've talked about, but we have talked about a lot. So I'm just going to encourage you to go back to the archive if you missed some of this. And how you can find that is, um, you know, on, on right here on Voice America. You can listen to the archive as of tomorrow. You can go onto my website, bonniebonadeo.com. You can find it on iTunes and also Stitcher. But um, Ted will also post an opportunity for you to be able to hear it from his website and accounts. So, Ted, share with us how people can find you, first of all. Well, you know what? I love being found. So I'm glad you asked that question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you can find me at uh, tedgibson.com on my website, uh, the salon website. And there's videos and our Ted Gibson Advanced Academy, Ted Gibson Artistic Team. And um, also you can follow me on Instagram at Ted Gibson and Facebook at Ted Gibson. And then, of course, on Snapchat at Ted Gibson Beauty. And if you go to my Snap today at Ted Gibson Beauty, you'll be able to see my story for today. And my story today was in studio, um, some behind the scenes uh, with Tina Fey. 
So um, go to my Snapchat at Ted Gibson Beauty and you can see more of that. And then on my website, um, we just launched a new product line. There's five products in the, in the line called Starring. And the reason why I created this line is because of all the editorial shoots that I do and all of the covers that I shoot and the women I work in in my salons, I needed to have a product that I could pull out and use on many different textures of hair. So I created this line of product called Starring that actually has Stardust in it. Oh, no way. And Stardust is for building keratin in the hair and also is moisturizing for the hair. And the Hero product, well, the, all five of them are really great, but the Hero product in the line is a product called Beautifulist. And Beautifulist Powerball Styler is a styler that you can actually have targeted volume wherever you want. And what I like to do is, as an innovation, as in a, in a, an innovative person, I like to create things that are a little bit different and out of the norm. So this product is actually, I took it from fragrance. You know how if you in fragrance, you have a rollerball that you roll mm-hmm. fragrance on your body? Yep. I took that idea and put it into hair care. So you actually can use this rollerball, this Powerball, and target volume wherever it is on your scalp that you need, and then blow dry, and you have this really beautiful sexy volume from the scalp. Oh, I need that. It's so wonderful. Yeah. The fragrance is fig and coconut and it's unisex. The bottle is emerald green and rose gold. And then the bird, I actually created um, an icon on the product and the bird is a peacock. So beautiful. Good. Well, I know I got some pictures of it, so I'm going to be doing some posting um, of oh. your products so that Thank people you. can recognize them, and then I'll, I'll make sure that they know where to get them. So they can get them at tedgibson.com, right? Yes, tedgibson.com. Okay. We're sold out at the moment, but you can always pre-order. Um, we'll have product again in midsummer. All right, perfect. Well, that's good. That's build up that anticipation for people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know that that we talked about in the, before we took the last break was this kind of this concept of sexy hair. And then, of course, transferring that to the celebrity stylist. So, you know, you said that sexy hair is all about the style. And I think that this is a big misconception with our consumers and our clients is that, you know, that foundation, part of that is the cut. Sure. So there's really is this opportunity that you have a good cut, then you have a good finish. Absolutely. And you know what? When you go to the salon, Bonnie, I always say, listen, when you go to the salon and the the stylist recommends these three products or these five products for you in order for you to create exactly what they just did for you, you have to purchase those products. You can't go home and expect to create the same thing, this really beautiful, sexy hair that your stylist just created for you. You can't go home and expect to create the same thing when you don't have the tools in order to create that for yourself. So the tools that the hairdresser has given you and wants to sell you, you should have in your arsenal. It's like having the right, um, the right tool is going to create the best hair for you. Right, exactly. I mean, it's and it's it's no different with you know makeup or skincare or you know clothing type of thing. It's all the same thing. The tools are really going to make a difference here, and and it, it's true because I think that they listen. If we didn't have to use the tools, it's it's part of it is the skill set that we have learned and sure. it, and the experience behind it. But we don't do hair with water alone. 
Right. <laughs> so, so we do it with products. So they need to go home and do it with products too. And then obviously any of the products that are recommended by a hairstylist is specific to being able to achieve that type of look in there. So you got Absolutely. five products in this line. It's going to be available again um, come early summer, midsummer. Yes, midsummer. Yes. Perfect. It was written up in Vogue and American Salon and Marie Claire. Modern salon, I mean, people have gone crazy over it, of course, because we sold out in the salon. And um, later in the year and in 2017, you'll be able to find it in salons around the country. Oh, that's nice. Well, that, that's exciting. Yeah. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have you back on, too, when um, you've got a full boat of product here. And we can love that. Do, a, do another launch here. So I want to talk about what's the legacy. What do you, where do you see the beauty industry going as far as being able to have the consumers be so much more educated and so much more comfortable going into a salon and asking for change? Sure. Well, I think change is important. I always think change is important. I always tell women they have to at least change your hair twice a year. Whether it's the layers or the length or the color, you have to change it at least twice a year. Because every woman that I know, every time I see her, she is not the same woman I saw six weeks ago. Mm, Well, that's true. (laughs) She's not. It's true. She's not. So being able to adapt to change in your hair, I think, is important. You know, I have women that come to me that spend a lot of money every single, every four, six, six weeks to cut their hair in the salon. And I want to make sure that I give them something different every single time because they are different. And it keeps it interesting for yourself. It keeps it interesting for your husband. It keeps it interesting for your wife and your family. And it helps to build confidence. I really, truly believe that. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, it's true. It's like when they when clients come back in and they're like, you know, just do the same thing you did last time. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, it was winter then and there was different temperature, different environment, and now it's summer and that same thing might be too heavy for you. So there yeah. is, there's all those variables in there, but it's true. It's it's being able to kind of not be afraid of some of the change. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say hashtag change nothing, nothing changes. Ah, hashtag change nothing. Say it again. Hashtag change nothing and then and nothing changes. Nothing changes. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Yep. That is true. So what do you want your legacy to be? Well, I think that my legacy is is that um, I want to be an influence to um, hairdressers and I want to be able to help people understand that um, about their own worth and what that really means for them as hairdressers and that um, they are worth um, everything that they've created for themselves and, and even more and to not be afraid to raise your prices on a regular basis and not be afraid to um, you know wear the right shoes and um, demand that we have respect. And I remember when I decided I wanted to go to beauty school and, you know, how people were like, why do you want to go to beauty school? You're not going to make any money and you're not going to, you're going to stand on your feet all day long. And none of that is the truth. Like I have an excellent income. Um, I'm able to, uh, with my beauty school license, the things that I've been able to accomplish. And I think that that's um, a, a really amazing thing for most hairdressers that we're able to change people's lives in an instant and make them feel really good about themselves. And I think that's worth a lot. Oh, that's great. Well, Ted, tell us again um, how people can find you to be able to make an appointment with you or one of your team members. 
Sure. Well, if you go to tedgibson.com and you can email info at tedgibson.com and we'll get back to you um, in an instant. We um, love, love, love um, women to come to the salon and we love being able to give you really that five-star luxury experience that um, I think that most women are really wanting because it is about the experience. It's not just about a haircut. You're coming to Ted Gibson, you're going to get a great haircut, but it's to the scalp massage and it's to the excellent, fabulous shampoo um, and to the um, hand treatment. And it's to the right products that we use on your hair. It's from, you know, from the moment you come off the elevator to the moment that you leave, that you feel like a star. That's and it's hashtag starring my hair. Hashtag starring my hair. Beautiful. Well, I want to I want to keep this conversation going with you. So know that we're going to be continuing to tweet. So if you have questions for Ted that you didn't have a chance to uh, to send to us now, tweet me at Bonnie Bonadeo one, and we'll make sure that that gets to Ted. You can also go directly to Ted at um, at Ted Gibson, um, and then also like and follow me on Facebook at Beauty Inside and Out Show. Let us know what you'd like to hear about. Let us know what you'd like to talk about, and let us know what makes you look and feel beautiful too so i want to do one psa announcement here so in the month of june is is considered cancer survivor month and we've got a few weeks out before that happens but there is actually a a, 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 an organization that salons offer services to previous cancer patients doesn't matter they could be currently going through some treatments right now they could be a survivor of cancer um, and it could be men, women, or children, and they're offering free services. So if you want to find out a little bit more about that, you can uh, email the beauty. Hold on, let me find it here. It is around here. You can email the, I'll get it in just a second here, and make sure that I post it on there. But it's a day of beauty for cancer survivors, and I think it's an important feature to be able to have. So, Ted, you were an excellent guest. I loved hearing oh. your story. Loved hearing all of everything that brought you to this point of success. And I think you've really given the industry a lot of hope um, that we can make the changes that we want to. And I think I think you need to go back and we're going to, you know, put some more effort in behind that, getting a hairdresser as uh, on the ballot and not having, not having it be under a different category because there is uh, there is really something significant about that. Can I just say one thing? Sure. I love saying your name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yes. Know. <laughs> it's such a great name. Yes, everybody agrees with that except for my ex-husband. So there you oh, go. Really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, go it back is. to go back to your maiden name, and I'm like, are you kidding? I'm not ever letting go of Bonnie Bonadeo. <laughs> no, it's so good. <laughs> well, I thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you. I know I'm going to see you soon, Ted. And um, everybody, join Ted uh, socially. Follow him if you're interested in if you're part of the industry and you're interested in getting education from him. Uh, you know, you can uh, do some of his academy work that he does and um, know that he's all about beauty as well. So it's it's not just beauty from the inside. It's also beauty on the outside. But the most important thing is to be you in beauty. Thank you, Ted. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We'll keep the conversation going. Bye. Love you. Love you, too. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 